Well, we are back. Stan the Fan along with Craig Heist. And, uh, all right, looks like we are making our connection all right, with Jeff Idelson, mm-hmm. who I, um, I gave a demotion earlier. I called him Director of Communications for the Hall of Fame. And I apologize because Jeff Idelson is, in fact, the president of the Hall of Fame, and that is our friend Jeff Idelson. Jeff, you're on with uh, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist, and uh, you're following somebody who's a um, one of the best baseball writers around, still at the age of like 81 or 82, Jim Henneman, and he says to say hello to you. Oh, Henny's the best. It's good to be with both of you, and uh, you work. You work Jim in with you guys, and you've got the uh, triumvirate in Baltimore. So, pleasure to be with you this morning, guys. Jeff, i got to tell you, though, I work and have worked for the last 10, 15 years with a guy who you know from down here, and that's George Wallace. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out how I can get one of those private tours to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to show up. When's the last time you were in Cooperstown? Uh, It's been a while. Hey, Sounds passive to me. You come on right. up, and I'll be happy to take you behind the scenes, Craig. Thanks a lot. Hey, Jeff, Jeff I'm going to start with you where I finished with with uh, Jim Henneman, and I asked him, I said, I'm going to tee this up for you. Can you imagine a baseball player, whether deserving of a, being a first ballot Hall of Famer or not, getting in on the third time or fifth time or Veterans Committee, turning down the the induction ceremony? Can you imagine that like Terrell Owens in, in football? Well, you know, it's, it, it, what, what is really sad is that uh, I, don't, I don't know Terrell Owens and yep. I don't know uh, anything about well, how he's wound, but it's mostly sad for Cowboys fans, for NFL fans. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be sad for him because it's going to be very hard to go back there in a subsequent year and look your fellow Hall of Famers in the eye and explain to them why you weren't there. Yeah. Jim, the way Jim described it, he says it's it's this this ultra focus or uber focus on if I don't make it the first time, I'm somehow being slighted. That the honor is still the honor, right? And you know, I'm a big believer in controlling what you can control, and you can't control the voting. You had your playing career; it finished. You know, maybe you deserve to be a first ballot inductee, but it didn't, you know, the cards didn't come out that way. Yep. And you shouldn't penalize Cowboy fans, NFL fans, and the Football Hall of Fame by making it your personal agenda. Great. Yeah, you know what? I always think back to Robbie Alomar with that, Jeff, and that's the fact that, you know, obviously everybody holds the spitting incident when he was with the Orioles in 96 against him. But if there was ever a first ballot Hall of Famer, to me, it was Robbie Alomar. <laughs> Right, and, and and as you guys know, you've both been to Cooperstown. When you walk through the the, uh, the gallery of plaques, there's no identification as to what ballot you were on. And right, exactly. uh, if you're among the one percent to make it to Cooperstown, to make it to the Hall of Fame, uh, whether it's justified or not, being there is incredibly sweet. If you're an inductee, and you know Jimmy Henneman goes up there all the time, and he's only missed a few in the years that I've known him. Uh, but, but the one thing I did ask him, and maybe you can either verify this or just corroborate is the fact that what makes that weekend so special is really more than just for the fans and everything else. It's the camaraderie and the, and, you know, just the, the camaraderie and the fact that all these hall of famers have one thing in common and that's that they all played the game and they all love the game. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, baseball breeds family like nothing else. I know all sports are, are like families, but 
when you, uh, you know, the proof in the pudding is 57 Hall of Famers in one place at one time, a record as we had last weekend in wow. Cooperstown or two weekends ago. And then you add to that 53,000 fans mm-hmm. uh, making their way there, uh, far exceeding any expectations we may have had. It just shows you how you're right. It is, it is, it is a reunion for the players. They love being together and the managers and umpires and executives. And for the fans, there is that relationship with the game and the players, especially these guys that said, hey, let me come on out and say thank you. Jeff, what goes into the decision by players to come up there each year to return? They all probably have an invite that they're welcome at any induction, but how come some players will come every single year and some will maybe come every fifth year? But it's very special to all of them, isn't it, to come back? It is. It really is, Stan. I mean, if you look at the percentage of Hall of Famers who come back, we only have 76 living, and to have 57 there is a massive, massive number. People have lives and schedules, and and then you have health issues at times and uh, broadcasting and things like that. But uh, guys love coming back. They love the specialness of the weekend. They're in such a small fraternity. And the common thread among them is that they were all great at what they did. They're similarly wound in that it's uh, confidence over arrogance. And being together makes them feel very special, and they love Cooperstown. I know you get a chance to listen to talk radio from time to time and listen to the arguments about maybe who should get in, who shouldn't get in. And regardless of when it, if, if it happens this, this year or next year or a couple of years down the road, I think he's got five years still left on the ballot. I am definitely coming to Cooperstown when Mike Messina goes in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, you know, you look at you know Moose's career, and it was uh, it was a quiet. Yeah, it's kind of in a lot of ways, it's like these guys who just fly a little below the radar. I mean, Hank Aaron never had more than forty homers in the season, and I hard to say Hank Aaron flew below the radar. But I guess what I'm saying is, is when you you were as good for as long as as, as Mike was, and consi- as consistent as he was. You know, he certainly makes him a uh, a candidate worth discussing for the Hall of Fame. The 270 wins, and you know, to be born in Williamsport or right next to it, and have a chance for Cooperstown is a uh, uh, pretty symbolic and pretty special. Jeff, how much do you think, uh, as the game has changed and evolved, and there's much more attention to the you know the analytics and the saber matrix and things of that nature? How much do you think one that's probably helped Mike here in recent years? I think he had 62 percent of the vote last year. Uh, but but also not just Mike, but some other guys that you might not think originally maybe had a shot at it. I think it helps. I think it's a part of the equation. I think it shapes the thinking to a degree. And as the voting body uh, continues to get younger, which is natural as as uh, younger writers uh, suddenly become eligible to vote, you know, you have a larger group of an electorate using more modern uh, metrics. And for, you know, guys that uh, didn't put up the, a black ink test, so to speak, as uh, my friend Bill Madden calls it, with lots of leading the league uh, categories, but put up a great body of work, it gives those guys a better shot. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Jeff Idelson. He's the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame. We're very thankful of his coming on the program this week. Uh, we try and have him on whenever we can grab him. Uh, Jeff, uh, next year, uh, well, actually, I want to stick with this year. Is, is this year the combined class perhaps as good good as it gets since the since the hall opened you know well, collectively stan every every class is special i mean to make it to cooperstown is just unbelievable but uh the six six guys who went in this year really brought a a, a unique fan a set of fans to cooperstown which was great i mean you had yep. you know you had you had morris and trammell going in the first true full-time 
uh, Tiger, so to speak, since K-Line in the 81. And, you know, of course, Sparky and Jim Bunning have gone in since then. But for Detroit, it was a renaissance. Mm-hmm. You have Vladimir Guerrero, who draws from Montreal and, and, and a ton of fans from the Dominican Republic. Chipper Jones, incredibly popular in Atlanta. Uh, Jim Tomey, popular in two regional markets, uh, you know, Philadelphia and, uh, and Cleveland. And then you get Trevor Hoffman, and we always uh, the, the fans in San Diego are always very supportive. So fifty three thousand people coming to a town of eighteen hundred mm. must speak to the specialness of the class. And uh, <laughs> the, for the fans who were there, they were treated to an incredible induction ceremony. The only thing I can think of is the line, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> <laughs> no, in Cooperstown, it's hey, come park on my lawn for uh, twenty bucks. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, um, we're talking to you uh, a year out from. Uh, one, one of the greatest pitchers that's ever pitched in, in the game of baseball, albeit a relief pitcher. It's going to be pretty special when Mariano gets in there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the crystal ball uh, kind of lets you think he'll probably make it. It took Trevor a few ballots, but Mariano, of course, his numbers were just off the charts, and uh, he was just an A-ball when I was with the Yankees. He, was, uh, he had undergone some – I remember he had undergone some shoulder surgery off season, and I remember working with Buck Showalter, who was our manager at the time, to sure. send Mo a note of encouragement and tell him not to give up. And uh, I think Buck played an instrumental role uh, early, early in, in Mariano's career. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the second Panamanian after Rod Carew and a guy who uh, New York just adores. It'll be big next summer. Got to ask you about uh, not a player, but uh, one of the most special media figures in the history of the game went in this year, Bob Costas. How special was it for Bob Costas to get the honor this year? Yeah, Bob winning the Frick Award was great, and uh, he was so pleased and so excited. And we think about him for his Olympic coverage and, you know, his just multitude of abilities in all sports. But baseball's number one in his heart, and I know that uh, his winning the Frick Award meant more to him than pretty much anything. 28 Emmys, I think he's won. Mm. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, that's 20, that's 28, to Jeff. Him. Jeff, that's 28 more than Craig or I have won. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's certainly deserving he won the award, and uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful speech he gave on Saturday at the awards presentation. How do you look, Jeff, at uh, – and I know you're not a voting member per se, but how do you look upon the changes in the game? We were just talking to Jim Henneman, whereas that 300 figure for wins – used to be sort of a, an easy landmark for people to say, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, with the way the game is shifting, are we looking at maybe 200 or 225 being that landmark in the next few years? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think 300 and just below it in that range is still is still a benchmark. I think down the line, you know, maybe 10 years from now, 15 okay. years from now, you'll be looking lesser as yeah. the game has changed so dramatically. And, uh, you know, and you have the advent of the bullpen. And, you know, there may be days when you start to see middle relievers get uh, some consideration. That I think you're still a ways away from that, but the game is changing, and I think you'll see the Hall of Fame reflect and change with it, you know, in the next 10, 20 years. And a guy who has now won 246 games, the big sexy, Bartolo Colon, all of a sudden his name comes up in that conversation quite a bit now. Yeah, well, he's certainly been entertaining for a long time, and that's an awful lot of wins, and to – you know, lead your country in victories is special. Oh, yeah. And to lead uh, Latinos, all the Latinos, uh, means that you've done something right for a long time. But, uh, you know, this guy might pitch till he's 60, so who knows? <laughs> Jeff Idelson is with us, the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it took Jack Morris and uh, Alan Trammell, the uh, 
the Veterans Committee. Could you talk about the role of the Veterans Committee? Who's on that committee, and when do they meet? How often do they meet? How does that process work? Yeah, yeah Stan, those, com- those committees rotate every year. So, uh, you know, the, who serves on them changes every year, and what eras are looked at change. So, you know, last year uh, with Alan and uh, Jack, they were on the uh, uh, you know Veterans Committee that looked at modern baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the committee this December will look at today's game, which is 1988 to forward. Uh, so the m- much more recent uh, managers, umpires, executives, and players, and that committee hasn't even been formed yet. So it changes every year. You just mentioned a word in there that uh, I, I don't know who – I honestly don't know this. How many umpires are in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and are they well – are they underrepresented, Jeff? Well, you know, it's tough to say. I mean, umpires – the best umpires you never hear or see, and yeah. – um, there are a lot of great ones that have come through, and it's only 10 umpires in the Hall of Fame. The last one to earn election was Doug Harvey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nestor Shylock in the American League. So it's it's few and far between when an umpire gets the nod. Bill Haller should be in just for his Earl Weaver video. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the museum anyway. There you go. <laughs> Jeff, um, we will always try and grab you. When I think of having you on, it seems like every year I go, darn it, the Hall of Fame's like the induction is in two weeks. This year I thought about you right afterwards, and I got to tell you, your assistant, Craig uh, Mutter, does an incredible job, an incredible job yeah. at getting back and treating everybody with respect in terms of returning phone calls and emails. That's great. Great to hear, Stan. Craig's a wonderful colleague, and uh, that's, he, he sort of is <clears throat> uh, like sort of a beacon for how, how all of our staff functions. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's making sure that everyone's taken care of is most important, having an exceptional time when they visit Cooperstown or interact with us. Tell uh, our listeners uh, here or folks that are watching on Facebook Live, it, is there any bad time to come up to Cooperstown? I'm, I'm being sort of facetious, but it's open all year long. <laughs> Um, you know, what's the best time, in your opinion, to visit Cooperstown other than induction weekend? Well, Stan, Stan we are open the year round. Christmas, New Year's, and Thanksgiving days are the only three days we're closed. We're driving distance from Baltimore. And uh, this, you know, the spring, summer, fall is beautiful. Winter, you take your chances with the snow, but it's most quiet in the winter. And uh, I think if you're a fan of springtime temperatures or you like the falling leaves and foliage, you look towards the early fall and certainly beautiful. You can bring your golf clubs, do some boating. Opera's there, a couple other museums. It's a great place to come visit. You know, uh, how many years have you been in Cooperstown now working at the hall? Stan, I just just finished my 25th induction, so I started on induction day 94. Wow, wow. Did you ever, did you ever envision when you got into the game of baseball being part of the Hall of Fame and living up there? Never did. I mean, you know, I grew up in uh, I grew up in New England, and in New England you go north and south. You don't go east and west. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to work you know in, in baseball for eight years, and thought I'd come to Cooperstown for a year or two. And twenty four years later, twenty five on the doorstep, uh, I'm still here. Remarkable career, Jeff. We really appreciate your coming on and spending some time with us.